mentored by some of the best minds in entrepreneurship in the world, then you're listening to the right podcast, Ditch Digger CEO. We're going to be interviewing CEOs and founders who will be telling their amazing rags to riches stories. These entrepreneurs who dominate the industries they serve will be sharing the secrets to their success. We'll be talking to millionaires and billionaires, many who started with nothing. You're going to be mentored with golden nuggets of shared experiences from my guests, whose time is worth thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars per hour. I started in the paving business right out of high school. And with no college education, mentorship has been my education of choice. I started over 25 companies in the last 20 years, have generated over $1.5 billion in revenues. My guarantee is this. If you listen to Ditch Digger CEO and you want to be more successful, you will become more successful. The secrets of my success and for many of the world's greatest business leaders will be revealed. Let Ditch Digger CEO mentor you. We got uh, we got a great guest today, a leader of leader of men, a leader of family, leader of faith, and uh, the guy that I respect a lot, Corey Brooks, Pastor Corey Brooks. Welcome today, brother. Hey, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on your show. You know, thank you. You know what? I, I'm only doing like one a month now. Chris is trying to push me to you know, just make sure I get that one a month in. But uh, so I got we got to make sure whoever we have, it's the top. It's the best. It's best of the best. And that's what we oh, got. Well, today. Thanks a lot. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate it. So, uh, hey, um, yeah, so we we, we basically, uh, you know, we interview people that are top in their in their field, what they do. And uh you know, we know we know you are Corey. We know everything you do is uh, top notch, and you're doing everything to give back. We we also you know we 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 talk to leaders that excel what they do, but they also have a, a servant heart. You know, we if you listen to our podcast, I don't care how successful a person is, if they they don't have a if we if Chris and I don't feel they have a servant heart, sorry man, they're not they're not going to make the cut, right? And and uh, absolutely, not many, not many people don't. If people build something substantial. Um, in their communities and their in the country, um, serving serving a, a space uh, well, you know, at a, at a world class level. It just so happens that most of the time, Corey, they've got servant hearts and they care about others uh, more than themselves. And, uh, and that, that's a, that's the type of people we we interview. So we have a lot of fun with this podcast, and uh, we're really excited to have you today, Corey. Because right now, as you know, I'm running running for governor, and I haven't talked about that in my podcast too much, uh, but. Running for governor, you know, I, I want to understand what, you know, how do we, how do we uh, solve problems um, like we have not solved in the past as well as we'd like, right? And so I know you're Absolutely. you're on top of that on a, on, a, on a daily basis, trying to figure out and actually figuring out in many cases how, how to how to solve problems in your community. And we'd love to hear about that a little today too, right? Absolutely. Thanks. So uh, yeah, Corey, Corey's got his Cubs his Cubs uh, shirt on today, and uh, I had to go get my wife. Yes, side. sir. You know, just to just to just to kind of like uh, you know sport the pride. I mean, we we are we are a way better team this year than you guys are for the first time. In a, well, for the first time in a while, I think. Well, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. It's not Jesus. over. But, but if we're if we're healthy and we get a little healthier, like we're gonna watch out, man. You know, people are people are gonna be flocking to the south side to watch my team. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see, but it, it, but then the season comes, but how it goes, you know, that that right. song is always sung, but we'll see. There's a lot of there's a lot of time left, a lot of games left still. You're right. Absolutely. Hey, uh, so, hey, Corey, let, uh, let, I want I want to, uh, you know talk about uh, you know where you're from. We like to start with uh, you know where a person uh, you know, shaped their paradigm as a kid. You know what what their their parents were like and the family was like. 
to, to get you to yeah. the place of uh, a leadership mindset that you are today. So tell us a little bit about that as a kid growing up. Well, as a kid growing up, um, I was born in a little town called Union City, Tennessee, about 60 miles outside of Memphis. And um, I was raised in a town called Kenton, Tennessee. It's the home of the white squirrel. It's one of the few places in America that they actually have a white squirrel. I tell people all the time, I didn't know that white squirrels were brown and other colors until I got about 11 years old. And I got into a fight with a kid over the color of a squirrel. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we moved from Kenton, Tennessee uh, when I was about 10 to Muncie, Indiana. Uh, Middletown, USA, Ball State University. And I went to high school there, went to college there. And um, great place to grow up, great place to um, build a lot of great relationships that are still uh, lasting relationships from friends back home. And uh, after I went to Ball State, graduated from Ball State, went to law school for a year at the University of Florida in Jacksonville, Florida. Realized I shouldn't be there and I uh, should have been in seminary. So I left and went to seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary uh, before I was called a pastor in Richmond, Indiana. Stayed there for four years and then um, almost 30 years ago, um, came to Chicago. Wow. And, and what, uh, what uh, pushed you to go to seminary? Were you in a Catholic family or what? Yeah, so, you know, we were, I was uh, raised a Christian, and um, I, I really had a passion toward wanting to do ministry. You know, uh, uh, I, I tell people I have an entrepreneurial spirit, and uh, that whole concept of ministry and entrepreneurship kind of merged in my life. And so I knew I needed to be trained for it. Um, and so I, I tried to pick out what I thought was the best seminary in the country. And uh, so, I mean, my, my mindset, seminaries I mean, I, that I know of is in the Catholic faith, I, I, I thought they're almost all, I thought they're Catholic, that was a Catholic thing, but that's any, that's any Christian faith, huh? Yeah, any Christian faith, uh, most all denominations have uh, some type of seminary training that individuals go to get trained, whether it's Catholic or, or Protestant, yeah. Well, okay, and uh and, and you felt how, when did the entrepreneurial spirit come along? I mean, that you could that you could be a uh, pastor and pretty much an entrepreneur. I mean, when, when did that you know mindset take over? Well, from the onset, we started our church um, from scratch, so it's kind of like starting a business. So, uh, 25, uh, 22 years ago, rather, we started New Beginnings Church on the south side of Chicago uh, in a very tough neighborhood. We wanted to reach individuals who uh, were hard to reach. And so we started with uh, a couple of families and we've grown it since then. Um, but but planning a church is a lot like starting a business. Absolutely. You know, in my faith, uh, your pastor doesn't have the ability to really do that as much as I'd like to see. You know, they're, they're, uh, they've got structure around them, kind of like they're, they're a uh, executive maybe, but they don't have the ability to to, to uh, imagine and, vis and visualize as well as I think, uh, you know, you're able to. So that's, that's uh, so think about those couple families you started with. Are, are any of those families still, still part of your, your, your family? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's still part of the congregation except for ones who have moved out of the city uh, into uh, another state or something like that. But for the most part, uh, we still have our core and they're still involved in our leadership. They're still involved in, 
uh, vision casting and, and, and training. So yeah, everybody's still on board. I like, uh, I like what you just mentioned, vision casting. I've heard that only, only once or twice before, uh, probably, probably from you, but t- tell us about vision casting and, and what, and, and what that is. Well, vision casting is all about, um, trying to get people to understand what can be, what should be, what ought to be, and trying to lead them into it. And so as a pastor uh, and doing business, I try to cast a vision for what could be and what we're trying to reach our goal, our potential. And we do our very best to communicate as best as possible to help people to understand the principles on how what it takes to get there. So we cast a vision. And then we we strategically plan and we set the course and we go toward it. And that's that's what pastoring is really all about. I, I agree. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about. Right. Anytime you build anything, you better have a, better be able to create a clear vision so that uh, yeah. those your teammates on board can see the vision along with you. And then um, you, know, you got to have your, your operational minds build that strategy to go along with the vision. Yeah. Right. And when, Absolutely. When you, when, when everybody can buy into the, to the strategy to get to that vision, boy, then you're, you know, as long as you can continue to maintain that and along the way, man, it's, a, it's, a, it's awesome, right? Yeah, it is awesome. Hey, Gary, I was wondering, do, do you think that, um, and I know you're interviewing me and talking to me, but I want to ask you, since I have this, this awesome opportunity, I want to take advantage of it because I know you've done so much with, with entrepreneurship and with leaders. Uh, when it comes to vision casting and when it comes to, um, clearly defining the vision and putting this team together to orchestrate that vision. What, what do you think is the hardest part of that? I think, uh, you know, I, I, I find in, in, our, in the, in the, uh, in the enter- enterprises that we're part of, I find that the, uh, the, the vision for me, for me, the vision's easy because I'm a visionary um, and the execution and, and the strategy for me, is a little t- a little bit tougher for me, right? I, I, one, one side, I'm very strong on, on seeing a vision. I'm not as right. strong. I'm, I'm not as strong. I can, I can do execution and I do operations, but I'm not as strong. I get bored in that for after a while. So the, I think the, the the key for me is to always make sure that I have really strong people on the execution and operational side to, to build that plan, um, and and then have have uh, you know and, and for me to understand them so that I can create clarity because they're not always visionaries, right? For me to create right. clarity in that vision so they can see it as clear as I can. And at that point, they can challenge me and say, hey, Gary, there's no way you're going to get to, you know, to, to, this, uh, to these, this many customers in that short period of time because we, it's going to cost us X dollars to invest in, in, in marketing and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and sales to get there. And I'll say, okay, well, but what if, what if we found that ex- those extra dollars? to do that. Now, what do you think? Right. And I'm like, well, gosh, if you can do that, if our bank is with us and you can raise the money, okay, we get it. Right. So it's that push and pull and having, having both sides of the brain there. Now, once, once in a while, I'll find a CEO and I've got a couple right now uh, uh, that, that are amazing on both sides, you know, uh, left brain, left brain or left brain, right brain, you could say, right. They're very right. operational. They have engineering minds. And yet we either we've taught them or they've learned you know, before on how to, how to cast that vision. And they've got a visionary mind and they've got, a, they've got the operational mind. I can always find weakness in one of those two in anybody, right? But I've got a couple, a couple of the CEOs in our organization that are amazing on both sides of that. And that's dangerous, right? Now, 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 right. But, but, the, but the key there too, Pastor, is, is that they, they might have both, 
but they can't they can't think they're too smart that they don't take on vision mm. and and uh, and operational uh, expertise around them that could challenge them even more. And that, I think that's the key. When people people think they're the smartest and on either side, whether it's casting that vision that, that seems so clear to them or and even even educate on that vision, or they think they're so good at the operational side that are both right. The danger is that they think they're smarter than anybody else, no matter how, how sharp they are. So the best, the best for me, the best entrepreneurs can do both can under sometimes can do both and lead both, I should say. And, 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 uh, and other times they're very strong on one side or the other. And that's a matter of building the team around them to challenge them, to make them that make that, make that vision better, the execution plan better, and then pivot as, as they go forward month after month, year after year to be able to pivot when they have to, because, uh, the other the other thing is some some people if they're if they if they're prideful in any way they, they won't get off that vision that they right. think is the best vision and sometimes it's just not right right and you yeah and, and thank you for saying that because in my own life that's probably where I struggled in, in early on with, with 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 church and with business uh, I'm a visionary I'm a vision caster but that operations part is the weaker part of, of my brain and my life. And, um, and so getting people around me that can carry out operations, like I'm, I'm blessed to have uh, my son who was a master at operations and he helps us tremendously. But uh, for a long time, I, I struggled because I thought no, I, no one ever told me that um, you're a vision caster. And so you need to get some people who can do operations. I thought, okay, I'm the pastor or I'm the business leader or I started this business and now I need to cast this vision and I need to make sure that it functions and operates. And so I didn't understand to get some capable, competent, gifted people who can help me to carry out the vision. And uh, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people struggle with that whole concept of not um, understanding where their stronger points are and then working to get their team to enhance all the things that they want to do. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, I, I know some really, really strong visionaries that, that boy, when they, when they talk about what they can see in the future and their, whether it's their industry or their community or whatever that you can see, they've got amazing vision. And I, and I think I've always had a, a, a good amount of that. But in my earlier days, almost just like you said, for 20 years, I really didn't build anything. I, I built a business for me and my family to, to, to support to support our family, right? But I, but I was on top of everything. I, I did every I did everything yeah. from laboring the field, operating equipment to, to estimating and sales. And I was I, I worked mega hours, and 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 the business needed me to 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 keep driving it. Well, that's not really right. that's not a very good business model. If I if I got hit by a bus, pastor. My business wouldn't have been anything worth anything, right? They would have, they would have sold the equipment at auction, and, and uh, that might have been it, it because you know my, my wife and family wouldn't have had a lot. And then about twenty years, probably you know fifteen to twenty years in, I started reading about uh, duplication of uh, duplication of, of uh, pro, uh, products and processes and leaders, and how how do you build it, you know a, a duplicative uh, model to where you can scale it, you know regionally, nationally, whatever. And now you actually create enterprise value for that that business, right? Where it's worth something for anybody else to come in and buy it. If if, you, if I get hit by a bus, I, I you know I want I want to know that my wife and kids would be taken care of because they could sell the business for a good chunk of dough and and it would keep going, you know, moving on and on. Right. So, but that took me probably twenty years to get into a place where it started to look like that. And then the last twenty years of my my businesses my businesses that I've started and, and grown 
I'll rely on more than just one character at the top of the heap, right? One, you know, I'll, I'll rely on one, not more than just one leader. And so, therefore, to have that, guess what? You have to have leaders that that actually um, are are are, are uh, in my opinion, they're they're uh, selfless. They don't they don't they're they're not uh, they don't think they're the smartest person in the room they walk into. Yeah. They, they they have a number they have a number two a number three person people that maybe are smarter than them and they realize they're smarter than them and they're okay with that okay instead of a business where when my first twenty years man I I thought I was the smartest smartest person on my team and and nobody could be smarter than me right well boy nowadays to grow to where we've we've grown I've got a lot a lot of people on our team that are leaders and uh, and heck they're they're way smarter than me in a lot of things. Um, so, so it's, it's the, the key, I think, in real leadership is growing leaders and understanding how you can use the, the strengths that they have that you don't have um, and then educate them on the stre- strengths that you do have. Right. 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 So, yeah. So for, for me, our businesses are run by people now that are entrepreneurs. They, they've got if they don't have both sides of the brain, which most of them don't. They know where the strengths are and they, and they know that uh, they're not the smartest person in any room they walk into. And and uh, they're yeah. always they think of everything in a in a. In a in the scope of a 10 year old kid, probably right in that meeting, asking, right. asking questions that, that might sound stupid because they're, they're, they're good with that. They're good with learning more, not knowing everything. Right. 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 You know, you know, Gary, one of the things that um, I've always, well, a couple of things I've, I've, was my, I've admired about you and that's, and I want to take a full advantage of having this opportunity to talk with you. And even though, I, like I said, I know you're supposed to be interviewing me. I want to, take full advantage of me getting to ask you all these things I've been wanting to ask you since I have an audience with you. I know you, I think two things that are going to make you a really great governor that I just appreciate. And I want to ask you a question about it is the, the vision casting part. I, I think that's so important for the state, so important for businesses, so important for entrepreneurs. But uh, another thing that you said that I, I want to ask you about that I've, I've often struggled with as well is uh, growing leaders. Um, because you can't you can't move anything forward without having a, a team, and 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 oftentimes growing leaders is a difficult thing. And I find that, that people that I interact with and other other leaders that I interact with, they have great vision, and they don't have great operational skills, or that, that's the weaker area. But another area that they sometimes suffer in is that they can't grow leaders. But you've been really successful in doing that. Can you just tell a person like me, how, how do you go about growing leaders and developing leaders? Yeah, so, so that, you know, first, I, I look for a couple things first, right? I look for, I look for you know, something you teach every day, and, that, and that's to be a servant, right? To be a servant for our, for our, for our God. And, and, and the, if you're serving God, you're just serving your fellow man, right? And, and, and if, you're, if you're in any business, there's a product that you're delivering and you're serving your customers. If you can serve better than anybody else in the world and you strive because you're so passionate about, about that product, if you serve better than anybody else in the world, you're going to be successful. You're just going to be. Now, now you, have to, you have to be fiscally responsible, right? You have to be very mm-hmm. accountable. If you're, if, you're, if you're serving others, you have to be accountable. In other words, take responsibility. And I know you do this every day. You take responsibility for the, for the, for the times when things don't work out. It's all on you, right? And, yeah. and and everybody looks at you and says, "Wait, man, it's not all on him. It was my fault, is it?" No, no, no. You're the leader. It's all yeah. on you. And when things go really well, a leader, you know, you teach leaders. When things go really well, man, you know, I know you want yes, the credit. You did it. Hold back, man. Give the credit to your team. Give the credit to that one yeah. person that had the most time in, in, in solving that problem. Don't take the credit. And again, 
I, I look today at, at, at leaders today I see, Corey, and, and, and so often they're not that type of leader. They, and, I, and I'm telling you, even, even leaders that I like, I think they get things done that, that have, they're aligned with me. So often when things go well, man, they're right there to take the credit. Look at what I did. Look at what I did. Right? And when, things go bad, when things go bad, they're like, uh, they're pushing off at somebody else's fault always. And I think consultants in business and politics, unfortunately, guide them to think that way. Because that's what I'm finding right now, Corey. I'm finding that, you know, I, mm. I, I'm blunt and I say, man, I'm not smart enough to figure out that problem, but I'll find the person that can. Okay. Yeah. The, media, the, the media, Corey, will just, will just quote that I'm not smart enough. They, they don't finish that comment and say, but I'll find somebody that, that's world class that will solve that problem with me. Right. Absolutely. So, so I have to even be careful on how I talk because I can't be the, the I, I can't, I can't, I can't say everything I normally say sometimes because the media will pull out what they want. And, and I, I think, you know, smart people and, and good leaders realize when they're just that, that's not something they're, they're, they're that they're intelligent about because they've not studied. They haven't spent the tens of thousands of hours to be an expert at it. But the media wants to know that you're great at everything or they or they'll tell they'll tell people you're not. You're just not capable. And I think for anybody in leadership to think they know it all and they're done learning. And, and uh, so my, my thing is I want to find leaders that are that are uh, that have, have compassion and passion for what they passion for what they do compassion for their, their their teammates and their customers their vendors and uh boy we can do what we can do a lot with them but the one one thing i say is i always think what what encapsulates a leader and i just think it, it's uh it's it's a person that inspires other people to do way more yes. than they would ever do if that, if that leader was not in their life right so it's, it's, uh, you know, and I know, I know who you are and I know so many people look up to you that their lives are different because they look upon you as, man, I want to be like that guy. I, I want to be able to be, to be the, the compassionate leader that, that Corey is. And, and, and when you can be that, that, that person in, in, in the, uh, in a community, in a business that can, that, that people look upon and say, man, I want to be like that person. Right. And, and, and now, now other people you know, have a vision of what they want in their life different than maybe what they had. And so, when I look at our, our, our CEOs of our businesses, I hope that I hope that over the past and the future, I'm able to inspire them to be maybe a little little more of a leader, a little better family family leader, whatever it is that they, they could be, because because I was just in, in their life and shared you know shared my time with them, and I, I think that if, if we can do that in life, boy, the world's a better place, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Gary, can I can I I know I know you're supposed to be asking me questions, but can I just <laughs> ask you one, one more question, one more, and and that is. Um, a lot of times I, people have the vision and sometimes they even have get the people around them. Like you're talking about other leaders, but they're sometimes missing the finances to, to, to push the vision. Can you talk about like, how have you been able to be creative? What, what do you need to do in, in moments like that as a leader when you got this great vision? Cause that's where I find myself. I got this great vision. I'm putting together a great team. Uh, but we're still short financially where we need to go. How, how, what do you do in times like that? So Corey, for my, my, my most of my life, I've been bootstrapping <clears throat> our businesses and uh, meaning it's my, 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 fam, my wife and I over the years and, and our bank. And uh, <clears throat> so my, my, I just saw my vision to, uh, you know, my wife, as I, as I grew my businesses say, Hey honey, I, I want to spend everything we got in this new idea if we it doesn't work out, we might be broke. Are you good with that? And she's like, ah, oh, you know what? We've been broke. We've been broke before, honey. So that's okay. Right? There. And then eventually, you've been there. So then eventually, it's like, okay, I got a bank now. A bank actually believes in me. Okay, bank. You know, I know I got this much cash. 
I need double that, triple that. Would you help me out, bank? And, and you know, I had to really cast, cast a great vision to them in order for them to, 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 to put my credit out there a little heavier than I had before so I could, I could invest in that, that new vision. So it was selling them on my vision, right? So vision, vision is so important because it's not just about selling your, your teammates, right? It's about selling your, your spouse. It's about selling your, your, ba- your bank on the idea. And, and, and uh, so that was it. But what I, what I know today, Corey, more than ever not, as an entrepreneur is, boy, you, the, the ability to raise money is incredible. I mean, there are so yeah. many resources out there to raise money in, in business that, I, that I never, I've never seen before. So I've, I've, I've knock on wood, I've not had to go to any outside uh, uh, investors to invest in my, in me. I, we did sell one company, private equities or a portion of it. So that's kind of like bringing a partner with more money. Um, but overall, our, ours have been bootstrapped and, uh, and have been blessed to be able to do that because you, you retain more uh, control of, of, what, of the direction of the business and you retain right. you know, more, more equity too when you can do that. Um, but, but I'd say that uh, my, my thing is, I, I think that you're, you're, what you talk about vision casting, it, the clearer that vision gets, if you can't afford to do it right now, and that's been my case, my first 20 years of my, my life, was, I had these crazy visions of where I could be in this, in this industry of paving. Mm-hmm. And I, knew, I knew I could pave parking lots all over Illinois. Then I knew I could pave parking lots all over the country. But it took me years and years and years before I could afford the, the talent and the technology to be able yeah. to do it. But, but, but guess what? That wasn't so bad, Corey, because uh, the pa- I'm not a very patient guy, but the patience I had to have clarified the vision even more before I got to it. And it worked out pretty well, right? So I think that, uh, you know, what, what you talk about, vision casting, man, you get it not just you, you, that vision. That vision building has to be in your head all the time. And then you're going to meet people that, that are going to bring you clarity in that vision. And then when you do roll right. the vision out, because you have the money and you have the investors and you have the money, while the vision's so clear, your t- your team can can see it, your investors can see it, and, I, and I, you know people people okay people that I see that are leaders don't use they don't have much vision or they don't find people that do if they don't right uh, and and that that holds them back and I and I look at I look at the state of Illinois right now, Corey, and I, and I need your help on this because and I know you you'll, I know you're going to be there for me, but vision vision in Illinois is such a critical thing that people could look out ten years from now. And see, see, see where Illinois is going right now. If you saw the, the vision of where it's going right now, fiscally right. and culturally, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a good place. And if we could build the vision, what right. that looks like, spend only 20% of our time talking about what that looks like, and then spend 80% of our time looking at the vision of what could be and what I believe will be, okay? Now, if we could do that, now people say, wow, really? We could, get, we, could be like, we could be like Dallas, Texas, really? Or we could be like, you know, Tampa, Florida, what really? And of course we can, we could be better than them. Right. But we, we have to have more, we have to have more people seeing the vision and, and right. voting, voting towards that vision and not accepting negative, negative, negative people that have no vision to lead our state. And, and I mean, I, so I, so when we talk about vision, Corey, I mean, I, I'm trying to build right now that exactly what I said, using great, great uh, economists, and and uh, you know pe- people that uh, that are that are um, leaders in 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 law enforcement, leader, leaders in education, leaders in economics, mm-hmm. leaders in job creation and policy. So for me, I'm building those leaders right now, Corey, because I want to be able to cast that short 20 percent, twenty. Let's say again, 80, 20, 20 percent right. of where a vision of where we're going. Unfortunately, it's not it's not pretty. You know, we're going down, and it's not pretty, as as we both know. But boy, if we can cast that, if we can spend 80% of that time casting that vision of, of, of blue sky and where we should be 
and where we will be, okay, now, now we're talking, right? Because people will be like, wow, I, I want to be part of that vision, not that, 20, not that, the, the, that, that short vision you, you talk about, the negative vision. I want to be part of that blue sky vision. Now how do you do that, right? So that's, I, think, I think it's important. Sorry to go off, but, you know. No, okay. no, I appreciate it. So, so, t- so tell us this. You know, how, does it, how, does, how does a person like you, Corey, go to, a, you know, have the guts to go to a, one of the toughest neighborhoods in the country and, and start your, your entrepreneurial vision in a community? Um, how did that happen? Well, you know, I tell people all the time that I think one of the uh, quality traits that I have is a quality trait of, of courage. Sometimes I call it dumb courage, <laughs> that, that I'm very courageous. And I think um, to be a leader, sometimes you have to be courageous. You can't be afraid and you can't operate in fear. And so when I put my um, courage with my compassion, I think it kind of called me to this community. It was a community that needed a lot of help. It's a community that needs uh, a lot of infrastructure built around it so people can succeed. And so uh, after looking at the greatest need um, and, and, and wanting to do something to, to help, uh, I felt just called to this community and 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 but i realized though coming to this community that i had to be courageous because it was it's gang infested um the 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 businesses are closing crime is tough the schools aren't that great and so you really have to be a courageous type of person or a crazy person (laughs) to want to take on a challenge of, of being uh in the community to do the things that we're trying to do so that's I, I just really felt called to be here and 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 uh, have a sense of compassion about helping as many people as I possibly can, and that's what we've been trying to do since we've been in this community. Awesome! I mean, it's amazing what what you what you're doing and and how, how you do it. I mean, what what's uh, so what what do you feel your uh, your your biggest uh, your 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 largest success have been, and and what do you and where's where's, where's your future? What does your future look like, and the goals you have in the future? When we when we see what's going on around you, and, and you know, police police aren't told to enforce the law anymore. You know, cult, culture in the communities means everything, and, and with with amazing culture, right? Uh, you don't need a lot of policing, but unfortunately, yeah. with, with, with no policing, you know, you know, if there's if there's you know bad people, they're gonna make they're gonna make bad more bad decisions. And people on the fringe of being, you know, maybe decent people, but not not much vision themselves, they can fall in the hands of more bad people because they have opportunity. Yeah. So, can you tell us about what, you know what, where you made some progress and where, what you're seeing right now that that has to get that we have to figure out how to change. You know, Gary, I've been asked that question before uh, of uh, where I've seen progress, and I and one of the things I realized is that we've had so many victories, and I'm not bragging about it. It's just the truth that we've had so many victories that sometimes it's, it's difficult to pick out which ones because we've had a lot of great ones. But I can give you a few that just quickly stand out in my mind. Um, in 2011, there was a, a hotel across the street from our church. It had prostitution. It was ran by the gangs. Drugs were there. It was just a really bad place. It was controlling a lot of the crime in our area. Uh, was coming from that hotel. So I decided uh, to go and fight the hotel owner. And when they would not stop uh, the activities and they kept allowing the prostitution, uh, I decided 
to go up on the roof of that motel and refuse to come down to bring attention and awareness to the violence and to the crime that was going on in our neighborhood. And um, after three days of refusing to come down on the roof, uh, I was getting calls from the mayor. I got calls from the governor at that time. I got calls from um, the, the superintendent of police. The, everybody was saying I had to come down, but I refused. And as a result, I ended up staying on the roof of that motel for 94 days, uh, getting the hotel shut down, not just getting it shut down, but buying it and uh, buying the building and then tearing the building down uh, where we're now trying to build a, uh, it's called the Project Hood Leadership and Economic Opportunity Center um, that we're working to help transform the lives of people. So that's uh, one of the greatest victories um, that we've experienced. And since that time, um, I've seen so many individuals and their lives be changed. One of them, a young man by the name of Jonathan, whose uh, six-month-old baby uh, was shot and killed while he was holding her. Um, I did not know Jonathan at the time. Uh, I had heard about him in the neighborhood, uh, being involved in gangs, being involved in uh, illicit activities. And But when his baby was shot and killed, I just felt such overwhelming compassion to go and just see if I could help. So upon meeting Jonathan, I discovered a lot of things about him and his family, his background. And I took it upon myself at that very moment, uh, I'm going to mentor Jonathan. And that was uh, some six years ago. And Jonathan didn't have, could not read. He had a third grade education at reading level, even though he was in his 20s. Um, he had some learning deficiencies. He had been involved in gangs all of his life. He was frequently carrying guns and dealing drugs. But I made a purpose uh, to be in his life. And so since that time, he's gone on now to, to get his GED. He works full time for us. He takes care of his family. He's part of our violence prevention team uh, to go out and try to help solve the issues of violence. And so I'm really, you know, proud of him and proud about what he's doing. Another young man, uh, his name is Twin. He has a twin brother and they call him the Bentley Twins. They were the largest drug dealers in our neighborhood. And they ran this neighborhood with an iron fist as far as drugs is concerned. Uh, and when he uh, was getting out of jail, I found out about three months prior of his release. And so I sent word to him that I wanted to talk to him when he got out. And uh, so when he got out, the first place that he came to visit uh, was to have a discussion with me. And I, I had a discussion with him about how he had wrecked our neighborhood, how he had torn up the neighborhood and how now. Uh, we're trying to do something different and we were not going to allow him to do drugs in the neighborhood. So he had one or two choices. Either he could help me uh, reform the neighborhood or he could secondly lead the neighborhood and never come back. So he decided uh, he wanted to re re transition the neighborhood, reform it, reestablish it. And so he um, became a member of our faithful member of our church. He now works full time for us as well with our violence prevention and mentoring program. And um, the Fox News did a story on us uh, called The Pastor and the Gangsters. So, uh, you know, those are those are some of the stories that that I've seen progress. And I'm going to and I'm going to continue to see progress as long as we have construction classes where we're teaching trades. We just had an all women's electrical class where we graduated 18 women. 
Uh, we're teaching construction uh, to guys who are in games, trying to teach them how to put down guns and put pick up hammers, uh, trying to teach them how to um, change the trajectory of their lives so they can make an impact on their children and their families in the future. So we do a lot of stuff that's, that, that I believe is helping at a grassroots level and that's bringing around life change for a lot of people. That's, it's amazing. It's amazing, Cora, what, what you're doing. And, and I, I, I've been down there to see it per, firsthand and, and uh, to see the quality of the people that, uh, you know, that, that love your leadership. And it's, it's, I, I want to I get to know more and more as I, as I get older in my life to understand what you're doing. Because, boy, we can, we can duplicate you, and that, that's the key for you right now. And I know you're, I know you're striving to do it, duplicate you over and over yeah. and over again, right? I mean, uh, you know, your capacity is only 24 hours in a day. But boy, if you get, you know, 150 people in the next, you know, few years to be Corys out there, you know, using your model to do that over and over and over again. Now you, now we've got an unbelievable, unbelievable uh, groundswell of what leadership looks like and what community community building looks like, right? All right, I, 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 so tell me about that. Tell me what the way you think about building leaders around you, to, so that's not all on your back, right? Yeah, you know, as especially there, I mean, um, uh, Gary, as I get older, um, I realize that if you're going to leave a lasting legacy, and you won't, you don't want things to die with you, then you have to get people around, not just around you and what you're doing, but if you want to uh, enhance not just Chicago but other cities, you're going to have to create leaders. You're going to have to develop other people. And so at this stage of my life, that's where my focus is really uh, where I'm really honing in on, not just trying to make sure our vision is really clear, not just trying to complete the building of our center, but making sure that I pour as much as I can into uh, individuals who are interested in the, in the type of work uh, that we do as a church and as a non-for-profit. And so I'm trying to build people. Uh, in other places, we have some. I have some guys that I mentor in North Carolina. I have a guy, as you uh, you mentioned Tampa earlier. We have a guy in Tampa. Uh, we have a guy in Dallas. I have a guy in uh, Benton Harbor, Michigan. And all of these individuals are brothers and sisters that I'm pouring into as much as I possibly can. Uh, and not that I know everything, but to just share with them the tools that have gotten me where I am. And to give them any resources that I have available to make them available to them, because I really do believe if you're going to make lasting impact, that you have to pour yourself into people. You have to leave your life in, in, in the other people's life. And so that's that's what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. And any way I can help you that I want to help you because uh, that's that's when it's going to change so many lives for the better. And, and if you could duplicate what you're doing and. 10 out of the 10 of the communities in the next 10 years, whatever, you, whatever your goals might be. Right. Um, yeah. What a, what a difference you make, right. Well, what, tell me, tell me about, uh, you know, what I see in, in, in all communities that, that I'm around when I look at, you know, you know, people that are, um, are, are really striving to do the best they can and compared to people that have kind of given up. I mean, I, I, I see too much victimhood and I, and I know, you know, everybody, everybody's got a reason to be a victim somewhere, somehow. I don't care if you're a kid who was born with a billion dollars in your pocket. There's a way, there's a reason you could probably call yourself a victim compared to the kids that are born in Inglewood neighborhood that, that you know, might, might have a mother that's got, that's working hard and can't be around them much or, you know, bad schools, uh, bad neighborhoods, right? 
I mean, anybody could be a victim, but how do you, how do you, Corey, really, you know, get into a kid's and people's head to say, man, you know what, lift yourself up, take, take, you know, look, look at the tough times in the past, embrace them as blessings. And that's tough. That's really tough in, 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 in a lot of situations. Right. And, and, uh, and be, be the victor. Don't let people, don't let people uh, convince you that you're the victim. Because, man, what I find, even, even when, with people that are sometimes spoiled in their lives that don't even realize it, somehow they figure out that they're a victim and they, and they don't progress. They don't, go, they don't get anywhere. Right. They, become, they become miserable and, and, and non, non-confident. Um, tell me about that. Because and, and I, I, I've heard you speak and I know about what you do, but tell me about what you do there. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I really work hard at trying to do, is that, especially with young people, is trying to make them understand that Number one, life is not fair, uh, and everyone has struggles and obstacles. Uh, but number two, regardless of your struggle, regardless of your obstacle, that you can overcome it. And there is nothing in this world that can stop you uh, from achieving your destiny and your purpose if you're willing to put in the work. And I think a lot of times uh, being a victim is a lot easier than saying, listen, I'm going to overcome these challenges and I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to strive for greater and I'm going to do the very best I can and let the chips fall where they may. A lot of people would rather take the idea and the concept of saying the world owes me or I've been damaged and I can't do and I can't exceed because I come from this side of the tracks or my I come from a single parent or my economic background is this. Whereas I tend to say, listen, regardless of your color, regardless of your education, regardless of where you come from, there is absolutely nothing that can stop you from reaching uh, your destiny and your potential if you put in the work. And that's really what I try to push uh, uh, with our, our kids, with our students, with our young adults with the guys in gangs, you know, especially when I talk to the guys in gangs, a lot of times you'll hear, you know, pastor, I can't do it because this is against me and I can't do it because I got this against me and I've done this and I've done, you know, and I, and, and it's a challenge trying to get them to understand and to change the mindset of being a victim to being a warrior, to being an overcomer. And, but once they get it, they got it. It's just getting them to that point. And, and but you you got to constantly keep the messaging, uh, messaging. You got to constantly keep pouring into them positivity and you got to constantly keep believing in them sometimes when they don't even believe in themselves. And if you can do that, the messaging and 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 helping them to believe in themselves, because sometimes I, I've found that you have to believe in a person until they can start believing in themselves. And so that's what we try to do. And it's and it's been successful. It's been working. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, and, and, I, and I look at, uh, you know, if, if we, I mean, you, in your, in your life, you're inspiring people to understand their faith, understand, you know, God and God, you know, again, the, the, the uh, fact that it, if, if God's with you, who can be against you? Right. And uh, right. Right. I mean, that, that message, if people understand that and they, and they, and they, and they love God, boy, I, you know what, there's just no excuses. God's with you and you're going to have some tough times and, 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 and those tough times, realize he's carrying you in those tough times. If you're praying to him, if, if, if he's in your life, 
right? And and uh, so, boy, you know what? With, with, if God if God's with you, nobody can be against you. And and that, as tough right. as that is, sometimes as you know, t- tough times come, and you got to continue to believe that if you do, you'll get through those tough times as as Absolutely. Uh, we do. But uh, yeah, that's that. And again, I, I, I look at you know vic- victim. Uh, there's there's so many reasons anybody can ca- claim to be a victim, and I'm telling you, anybody. Yeah. Can. But but if we can if we can strive to be victors, it's so much more fun. I mean, it's it's an optimistic yeah. mindset. It's a po- it's a positive mindset. It, you know, when when you smile, the world smiles back at you, right? When you're a victim, it's tough to smile. And what happens if you're not smiling? The world's not smiling back at you either, right? And uh, yeah. I, I, I I feel terrible for my friends, family, and and, and others that I that I know um, don't don't have that. Uh, that that mindset and as much as i'll always try to push it you, you never doesn't mean everybody's going to have it so the more we can do that the better off you know the world's going to be for sure absolutely and when, when we look at uh when you look at the vision of, of where you're going tell give us a vision I, i've been down there to see that your amazing campus there Corey. but tell me tell me uh you know explain to, to our, our listeners what you have today in your campus and where you want to be 10 years from now yeah. Well, we have um, on our campus presently, we're able to we have a uh, alternative high school for 16 to 21 year olds. Most of them uh, have gotten kicked out of Chicago public schools, mostly for some violent act or some criminal activity. So we take those individuals, 180 students we have right now, and we make sure that they are able to graduate from school and get the proper tools that they need uh, in an educational environment that will help them to strive. So we take away um, the opportunity for them to make themselves a victim. And we say, hey, you may have gotten kicked out of school, but you're still obligated to learn. You're still obligated to get educated. We're gonna put around you an infrastructure to help you succeed. And they've been doing that. So we're really grateful and thankful for that. We also have construction classes uh, where we teach the trades. A lot of individuals, may not go on to college and and most of them don't. So we want to make sure that they have some type of learning, some type of skill um, that they can help take care of their families, help take care of themselves. And hopefully uh, eventually some of them become entrepreneurs where they own their own companies. So we do construction, we do entrepreneurship. I mean, we do uh, electrical classes. We also have entrepreneurial classes on our, on our campus where we teach people how to start business. We operate the entrepreneurial classes from three things. One is one of the, um, the, the lanes is for those individuals who really don't have an idea what true entrepreneurship is. And so we teach them this is what entrepreneurship is and about business. And then the second track is for those who know what entrepreneurship is, but then they kind of have an idea and they kind of want to work that idea. And so we teach them how to start, take the idea and make it come into fruition. And then the third track is for individuals who they know what entrepreneurship is. They have an idea. They're even working their idea and we want to help them build capacity. So those are the three levels of entrepreneurship that we operate with. And then, of course, we have our summer programs for all of our kids. Uh, We're presently uh, in the midst of trying to build we're presently in the midst of we are going to build um, a $25 million state-of-the-art um, Project Good Leadership and Economic Center 
uh, where we're going to have all of those activities housed. And the reason why we're building that facility is so that we can build capacity to help more people. But uh, secondly, so that in 10 years from now, uh, we'll have a model for what we believe is going to work in major cities that are experiencing some of the same issues that we face in Chicago with the violence and the poverty. So we would like to build the model. Uh, take it to New Orleans, take it to Seattle, uh, take it to St. Louis, take it to Memphis, all of these places uh, that, whose violence is much worse than ours. Wow, that's awesome, brother. You know, and, and we, we, we kept missing each other, the COVID stuff and all that. I want, I want to go down there and, and uh, be in front of your students and talk about my crazy story of, of entrepreneurship yes. and, the, and, you know, my, my, the, the limited wisdom that I, this little brain has, I wanted to go share some of that. <laughs> students because I, I know that you know these kids the, the lessons of their lessons in life with the grit that they've they've had to establish to get through those lessons those problems those challenges right make them way stronger way stronger in life than a lot of other people that did that never had the challenge they absolutely had. They didn't have to establish the grit to be there today to be with you to nowadays right so again uh, and I also I think that Corey, that that great you know great leaders that and mentors that that do it the more they go out, have to go out and speak in front of people the stronger they get in being mentors mm. themselves to be and being entrepreneurs themselves because they, they then have to retract you know what what created success and where they get their wisdom from you know what what yeah. were their what were their um, you know struggles in their in their entrepreneurial you know, uh, you know dream right what are the struggles they had in, in, in executing that dream and visualizing that dream and so I think that uh, I would love, Corey, to, to partner with you, to, to not just for, for myself to be there if you need me, when you need me, right? But, but I've got, I've got uh, you know, 14, 15 entrepreneurs in my, our own organization awesome. that it would make them stronger if they could talk in front of your team because they have to prepare. Absolutely. And they have to share the, 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 the wisdom that they have, whether they're a 30-year-old entrepreneur that's doing really well or a 60-year-old entrepreneur that's doing very well in our system. And, and boy, guess what? I, I believe that, that the value of that for the entrepreneur themselves is, is, is abundant. And, 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 you, and we can be selling that because I think that the, 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 net, the, the mentorship that you, that you could get from people on, on my team and, and friends of ours, you know, yours, mine, across the city, city and state of Illinois, could be tremendous in inspiring, you know, young people that, that, uh, that will see way beyond their community, their neighborhood, right. To, to be able to serve serve others with a product that, that could be world-class that could be, you know, not just delivered to their community, which is important, right. But delivered to the community of the, of the country or the world, it brings way, way more, way way more, um, uh, investment back to the community that they love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, anywhere we can help on that, I want to. And then, and then if, you know, I think that, you know, to think about this, this 25 million uh, that, that you, that you have to raise, how are you doing there and how do we get there? How do we get you there? So we're um, building our center in phases. So there's three phases that we're building. So we've raised enough now to complete our architectural drawings. We raised enough now to enter into permits. We raise enough to uh, be ready for the second phase, which is putting in the steel and the concrete. And um, so hopefully next spring and next summer, we'll have enough where we can put in the steel and the concrete and uh, hopefully continue on. So we're about 20 million away from having the complete uh, funding. Um, But we just hired a capital campaign director, speaking of vision earlier, 
and putting people around you. Um, I realized, Gary, that I've been trying to raise all the money myself and trying to pass a church, trying to lead a not-for-profit, trying to be a family man, and trying to raise all the money by myself. And I've been blessed. God has blessed me. We've done um, uh, a good job. But in order to to, to scale it, uh, I, we had to go out and find someone who is competent, capable, and gifted, and basically take them from another place where they were being successful and hire them to do the work for us. And so I'm really excited because for the first time, we have a capital campaign director who is really good and she's really gifted. And I think she's going to help us tremendously in raising the money. And it's not, so now the burden is just not on me. We have a person who's actually putting a strategy together and, 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 and infrastructure to make us help us raise the rest of the funds. I, I would love to see um, if you're, you know, if you're putting together a video, you know, a couple minute video on that vision or you're, you're putting together anything on yeah. that. So I can spread and get it out to, you know, my network of, of uh, friends. I'd love to do that. So when, when you get that vision that you think is clear enough and that, that video that shows the vision clearly and that amount of money needed when you have to raise all that, how, how soon you got to have it raised, how soon you want, to, you know, what, what, the, what the, um, you know, the, the, um, opening the, the ribbon cutting day would be what you know but the ribbon cutting day out there and when that is right and then say okay from here to there here's what we gotta do and and we and and we need investors that that you know that, that believe in, in building community right because I, I any way I can help there I'd love to so let us know. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it Gary. Uh, so so uh, when we when we when we look at uh family, you know I mean I've met I met some of your kids and boy, what, what, uh, what awesome kids you got. I mean, you could see the, the, uh, uh, killer, you know, I say killer instinct. I say killer instinct when I look at, you know, people that are, you know, are going to do right. amazing life. They got, it's in their eye. You got, they got that, that gleam in their eye and, and your kids all have that. Right. Um, what, what, what's their, what are their ambition, what are their ambitions and are they following your footsteps or a little different? Tell us about your family. So, I mean, uh, all of them are really strong as far as, uh, working hard they all have a good hard work ethic so i really appreciate that uh all of them are doing something a little different uh and then they have something that they're all doing together so i'm really excited about that um my oldest daughter is into baking and uh cooking but she also loves to raise dogs which is a uh a, a, a different type of combination i don't know but she uh she, she's breeding dogs and she's she's working on her own bakery. Uh, so it's very interesting. Uh, then my oldest son, Desmond, uh, helps me, uh, but he also has his own business. He has a consulting business and a branding business where he uh, helps rappers and entertainers to get branding uh, deals for like Finish Line and uh, or other music deals or whatever. So he, he does that. But he's also really gifted in operations. So he runs uh, all the operations uh, for Project Hood for our not-for-profit for me. And uh, he's really gifted at that. And then my youngest daughter, Danielle, who went to Parsons School of Design in New York, um, she is really gifted with social media and event planning and things of that sort. And she's so she's real strategic as well. She's gifted in operations. I, I tell them that they get that from their mom because their mom is real organized and real structured. So they get that from her. And then my youngest son, uh, Kobe, he's a sophomore at Morehouse 
uh, co college in, in Atlanta, Georgia. So he's working on a business degree and uh, he also has a real strong interest in music. So he started um, his own business called Heavy Sound. Uh, and so we'll see how that how that goes. Heavy sound. What's that? What's heavy sound going to be? What's he looking at? So he's he's into like uh, producing uh, music people and uh, direct directing music and managing music. Uh, so it's it's in the music industry, producing, publishing, managing. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. And and, and uh, you know all different all you know kind of different strengths that they all have. It seems like and different different passions, but. Um, you're, you're, you're raising, you're raising leaders and it's going to be fun to watch what they do in life to lead others to a better place. Hopefully. Right. That's our goal. Yeah. Um, and then they all, all four of them work together on, they have a real estate venture that they all four that we helped them to start. So you bought them cool. a, a two flat and, uh, that's where they started. So now they got like, I think they have like eight units all together. So they're, they're, you know, they have their own little, so they have their, their meetings and, you know, so this it's, I'm looking forward to see what they do with that as well. That's really cool. You know, Corey, and, and the thing is, I know you do this and, and you know, you've established like a little board of advisors. You're, you're going to always be somebody they look up to and they're going to be bouncing things off of. But, you know, um, what, I, what I love to do is in these businesses I have is build little boards. Uh, even even they're just startups like your kids right now. Build a board of advisors of people that are yeah. know, that, that, that will get them to think way beyond what they might think now. Get them to think way beyond. Right. Which is really a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so when you're looking, if you're ever looking for board members for anything you guys are doing, like just advisory board, no cost to be there. Um, let me know. And I, I'd love to help put that together too. Cause I think no matter what we we've, there's so many people that have, have the, the, well, have the, have the, um, uh, the wisdom, let's say, right. That have been there and done yeah. before. And, and, you know, that's who you are to so many and, and for, for you and I to continue to find those people, right. That, that have vision beyond what we have and different things that we're not as strong at. Right. Um, so, I mean, to think of all the real estate people we know that are, that are super strong in real estate, that could be visionaries for, you know, kids like yours or mine. It's, you know, if they're into that stuff, it's really neat. So, um, so we, I, I, I could talk to you all day long, brother. You're awesome. Yeah, I know, Gary. Thank I you. Wanna, I want to make sure I get, I, I get down there. Let me know what time I can get down there. We, we, we missed each other through the COVID stuff and some other issues we had. We had a snowstorm at one point. I know that I was supposed to come down on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Got snowed out, but uh, if you could look in your schedule for a time, I come down there and I can match up with my schedule. It'd be a lot of fun, and uh, I, I want I want to know about how I can help you and you know how we can duplicate that. As I, I plan on winning this governor's race, and I plan on being the governor of Illinois. When I do, I, I, I want to not not through government as much as through uh, private sector, right? Figure out how do we how do we right. help you know re really build communities around leadership like you, you know, like you and and people you know we know like you. That can that can shoulder that leadership in these communities, right? Because um, I, I I don't think government's the the answer for everything. As a matter of fact, uh, you know Ronald Reagan said it. You know that the I think it was a six words you don't want to hear. Um, I'm with the government and I'm here to help, right? <laughs> I, I I believe that you know government government there's pl pl there's plenty of things the government is imp very important for to to uh, to uh, sponsor and to lead and 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 to uh, you know to finance. But there's so many things that that we do in, the, in, the, in our private lives and our private businesses that can that can change the world um, because we you know government's not as innovative. Government doesn't have very good vision very often. Right. 
and right. government very seldom is fiscally, fiscally responsible. So, <laughs> so either way, hey, sure. I, I appreciate your time, Corey. Uh, hey, give me that. Give me your uh, your. Uh, I know you've got uh, a couple of things like slogans you live by. Before we uh, tell me about a slogan that you live by in your life that others can think about. Well, here it is. I live by this. God gives blessings to who he can get blessings through. God gives blessings to who he can get blessings through. I so, love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So I live God by gives it. blessings to who God, say it again. God gives blessings to who God can get blessings through. Oh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's so perfect, right? Um, true. Yeah, that, that's so perfect because, yeah, I mean, I, think about all that. Everybody's got their own strengths, right? And, and so many people are, uh, are, are, you know, don't don't really um, don't understand the value of those strengths to the world. And man, if you, I don't care what you do in your life, if you're, you're going to spend tens of thousands of hours being great at something. And what, Absolutely. And to share the wisdom of that something, whatever it is, to others. Um, is awesome, right? Because, you know, we invest yeah. a lot of time. I've invested a lot of time in paving parking lots, Corey, in, in asphalt and concrete. And I can, I can share that wisdom with anybody and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help them progress it in that, in that space faster than anybody. I've also invested tens of thousands of hours of, of, of leading leaders and grooming CEOs and, and entrepreneurs, right? And that's why I, I love, I'd love to be able to speak in front of your, your kids down there anytime because I'm going to make it happen. I'm confident the wisdom I've had, I've, I've gotten now, it's, it, it's taken tens of thousands of hours to, to, to get that wisdom. But when I can share that with young people, that it, it, it jumps them forward, you know, leap years ahead. If, uh, if I can share the, the, the challenges that, and, the, and, the, and the things that I've had, you know, that I've had to learn from, just like you. So I got that, that statement, so awesome. Uh, that, you know, God gives blessings to, to, to do God can give blessings through. I mean, it's such a perfect thing to talk about because in every walk in life, we've got our, our, our strengths, we've got our weaknesses. And if we in our weaknesses can re reach out to those people who, who God's given the, the, the blessings, like you just said, man, how much, how much sharper can we get and how much more valuable can, can we get to our communities? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Well, you're love welcome, it. You're, you're, Gary, you're welcome to come down anytime. We're going to make sure you get down here and uh, we wish you, much success in your run for governor. We're here to help you as much as we possibly can. And uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And thank you for letting me ask you so many questions. I appreciate it. Well, Pastor Brooks, I appreciate you, brother. You're awesome. And uh, hey, uh, Chris, uh, Chris usually gets some nuggets out of the, these uh, these podcasts and usually lays them out. Chris, lay out those uh, nuggets you've got out of, out of uh, communicating with our buddy here. Oh, man, I, I don't know if we're going to have enough time to go over all of them. But uh, hit it, buddy. I'll, hit I'll it. do my best. Um, Pat, Pastor Corey, thank you so much for uh, spending your time with us. You're uh, you're just an incredibly Thanks, inspiring individual. I, I just I, I love I love hearing your story and, and hearing about all your amazing work. Um, you you started off by saying starting a church is like starting a business. I, I think that's a really uh, wonderful and, and powerful way to look at you know starting something in the community that that is really um, important and, and helpful. Um, always make sure you have really strong folks on the execution side uh, to make your entrepreneurial vision a reality. I think that's that's incredibly important. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of visionaries out there they 
they might not have as strong of an execution side. So finding those folks is absolutely uh, instrumental. Um, build a, du a duplicative model of your business so it's scalable. Um, I thought that was awesome. Um, the key to leadership is growing leaders. Uh, you mentioned that building leaders around you is the best way to secure your legacy. Um, I thought that was incredibly powerful. Just, you know, Gary said, oh, if I get hit by a bus, you know, they'll just sell yeah. my equipment. <laughs> but when you have uh, other leaders kind of like carrying your vision forward, then, you know, your legacy is, is much more secure. Um, nothing can stop you from your purpose if you put in the work. I thought that was uh, incredibly powerful. That's so pragmatic. It's like, oh, okay, I'll, just, I'll do the work then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I love how, how you said believe in a person until they can believe in themselves. I, I think yeah. you know, it, it sounds like you're, you're close to a miracle worker down there. Just you, you believe you. so strongly in, in your community and in, in the members of your community that they're like, Oh my gosh, if he believes in me, then maybe, maybe I can do it. So I, I think exactly. that, 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 that might secretly be the, the key to everything. And that's, that's such a, that's such like a, a tangible thing that anyone can do. Just believe, yeah. believe in someone until they believe in themselves. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Um, no and then, uh, you know, the, the cherry on top, God gives blessings to those who can uh, give, those he can give blessings through. I think that's, uh, I mean, that's what, what a, what a way to end the interview with that one right there. Thanks. Um, Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that, this, this, you know, Chris, this guy's almost perfect besides that, uh, the, the blue he wears. And otherwise he's like, <laughs> he's, the, he's the guy I want to be. So, hey, uh, you know, Corey, I can't wait to see you in the near future, brother. Uh, yes. again, let's get our schedules together and figure out a time I come down because I want to do that. And then, uh, and again, I, I believe that, that uh, you know, we, through true mentors that we started this thing all because, you know, Quentin, Quentin James, a, a member, of, a young man that's from your neighborhood there, that's my buddy. Him and I started True Mentors, and boy, we said, how do you know? It worked out really well. We we're like, how do we mentor more? And we want to do this podcast where we met, where we get leaders like yourself on the podcast because you know, mentoring is all about just sharing experiences. It's about Absolutely. just sharing experiences with other people and and uh, and getting them to think, you know, maybe a little different and and in a way that makes you know makes their life better and uh, their, their their success more more achievable. And so. Uh, uh, you know, with that, I'm, I'm, I'm just confident that the people, the, the, the 65, 75, whatever it was, leaders we had in True Mentors are all perfect examples of people that you can pull from to be, to be in your community whenever you want them. I can, I can leverage them just by my relationship, my friendships to say, get your butt down there. It's a great experience to be able to talk in front of your kids, to constantly inspire them. And right now, you know, if you got a hundred and I think you said 180 kids or something like that now. Right, um, right. We want to expand that to you know thousands of kids in in, the, in our communities across Chicago, and and, and why maybe because I I I believe that uh, you know through sharing our experiences, you, you, my my crazy experience, I know that for sure I can inspire young people to think differently and and then think about the fact that hey, if, if this Rayvine guy could do this, of course I can do it. This guy's <laughs> this guy's no smarter than I am, right? 
And, uh, and, I, and I'm confident that uh, there's so many stories like that, all, all within a, a, a gra- you know, short, short distance from your community that we can bring there. And, and any way I can Absolutely. help there, I want to, okay? All right. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, brother. God bless you. Thanks for right. your bless time. Bless you, too. And uh, this is uh, one of our best ditch digger CEOs ever. Because of you, oh, bless Gary. you, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you guys. Have a great day, man. If you enjoy this show, please share with anyone else you think will find value here. And please go to our website, ditchdiggerceo.com, for show notes, links, video clips, and more nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom. Don't forget to follow me on social media at Ditch Digger CEO. See